Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am your host, John Yamasato, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. How's it? Devin Nicoba. Howdy. And we will be joined today by Aldrin Guerrero. Aldrin is the founder of Ukulele Underground, and we'll talk to him for a little bit about mostly ukuleles, I'm assuming. <laughs> Before we begin, let me remind all of our listeners of the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. Uh, you can go on SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, download the show and listen, or you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com. If you would like to help the show and get more music on the channel, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and donate. There you'll get more involved with the show and help determine who and what is filmed. We'd like to thank our two new patrons this week. There is Bob from California and Maya from Honolulu. So thank you very much for hey, signing Bob up my patron. Thank you, thank really you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And you know, I was thinking that um, because we, we have an audience here and people have been reaching out wanting to support us, in the links now, I'm going to put, uh, you know, Kyle is the owner of High Life Clothing, and if you want to buy some clothes or he does masks and stuff, I'm going to put the link there. Uh, we'll put the link to Devin's morning show or 97... 94.7 Kumu, you can listen to him online or uh, in your car as you're driving. And then uh, for me, I, I'm going to put my wife's, uh, if you need masks, my wife has an Etsy store that she does that kind of stuff. So oh, really? hey, if you want to. You're not going to yeah. put, put down your real estate thing? No, no, no. I mean, oh, okay. they can find me if they want to, but I, I, I'm, I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. On All that right. Side. Okay. All right. So how's everybody doing before uh, Aljun? He's going to jump on in about 10 minutes. So I thought I would just get the conversation started. I'm just impressed because Kyle, the background Kyle has is so different because it's actually his office and I've never seen floor. So it's actually yeah. kind of impressive. <laughs> I haven't seen floor in three years. So I figured, <laughs> but my wow. next door neighbor is renovating their house. So I didn't know what kind of noise we'll get on in the living room where we usually, where usually oh. am. So, oh, oh. Yeah. Is that, you know, Kyle is one of these people. I don't know if you're like this too, Devin, but he has very few pens in his house. Like I have pens littered throughout my house, every room, everywhere you go, you can find a pen. But uh, Kyle, like I, I noticed that I'm probably the weird one having all these pens because wherever I go to anybody else's house, if I just need to find a pen, like I'm looking for something to write down, I can't find pens anywhere in anybody's house. And Kyle had like one pen in his whole office that I could find. <laughs> there you go. See? <laughs> I actually had to get almost. This. I think I almost have ink already. Yeah, I had to get this pen from the kitchen today. I couldn't find one in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, yeah. if you ever need to find a pen in my in my house, go to my kitchen drawer. They're all oh, that's there. That's where they. Okay, they're all in the yeah. kitchen drawer. But in my office, yeah, you won't find a pen. I, I have pens all over the place. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm always looking for one. So, did everybody have a good week? I got to watch a BTS concert this weekend. That was interesting. Oh, BTS. All right. I, I'm I'm assuming they're good. I mean, they can't be that popular and not be good. Uh, well, um, almost a million, almost a million people watched at eighty bucks a pop. So they made about wow. eight billion dollars in one shot. It was kind of you spent eighty dollars to watch BTS in concert. I, I, I didn't. His daughter. <laughs> but my did. my wife and my my wife and my daughter are, are huge fans. So and and if you went to watch it, that was kind of you, you watch poor shows. And, you're a fan too, right, Devin? You don't. Oh yeah, not, I, I enjoy watching them. And no, so, I enjoy watching. Well, what is this? special thing about these guys that make it they, such a I think, worldwide phenomenon 
I think because they uh, write a lot of their own music, because they each have personalities and they really were very much the underdogs. Because in, in Korea, there's like three different uh, record companies that do sort of K-pop stuff, right? And then sort of as a last ditch effort, these guys big hit said, you know, we're going to do our own thing, which was BTS. Right, so they got these seven different cats to be in this band together and be in this boy band. But they they gave them uh, individuality, allowed them to because in the Korean pop thing, it's very homogeneous. Everybody just kind of you know they're all one big group and that's it. There's seven guys, there's nine guys, there's twelve guys. There's there's groups that have like thirty something members in them. But uh, BTS always from the start has been sort of um, allowed to be themselves and. Uh, they are one of the few bands that allows people to see that they um, they struggle with self-image, they struggle with feeling good about themselves, all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of their music is designed to help their audience feel better. It sounds like it's be better. Kid, it sounds like it's kid drama in music. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess. So, but so but also the but but also the music is the music is super catchy, and they they more than anybody else have figured out a way to um, maximize their time and their effort on social media. So they've won like social media for billboard music awards over like the last three years running. I mean, so, it's, it's incredible how much stuff they put out. I can see Heather. I can see her daughter, teenage girls, wives watching this thing and getting into it because they like kid pop and kid drama and all that stuff like that. Are you, part of the norm of that demographic listening or are you like outside of the norm as a 50 whatever year old man do you, are you does there other people like that that go to the I think when when we went to the when we went to the concert in LA there was a there was a dad sitting right near me no but and i'm talking like the dad brought the kid to the concert is is there No 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 but he had a he had like an army bomb which is a little light up thing and he was he was excited it was it was kind of cool Okay, so I think, I think to get to get to that level, like even when you look at like Taylor Swift and stuff like that, you yeah. have to get beyond the kitty, you know, just the teeny pop kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and that's that's the part about it. They they connect not just with the teenagers like my daughter, but they connect with my wife. So I think it gives moms and daughters something to sort of connect with, or How you know, sons if sons are into it. I I like the music seriously. Uh, their good. songs are their songs are catchy, and they they um they can dance the hell out of a song, man. You watch them do their stuff, you go, oh, and wow, it's mighty impressive. Is it all in Korean? Because I when I watched the yeah, it's, 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 it's all in Korean. They said no, there's there's pieces of English in there, but majority of it is in uh, in Korean. So have um, you learned? So it's more of the groove, huh? Have you learned to understand the language now from this? Like no, but my daughter can sing all the songs. It's weird. That wow. part's strange. Like she's learning, they learning Korean through this music, which is a trip. But I think more so uh, uh, because it's not just Pretty Boys. It's actually that plus the um, I don't know. They 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 just have that thing. They've got that thing that makes people believe in them as as individuals and not just this big group that kind of does their thing because there's lots of there's lots of k there's lots of k groups out there in fact there's one where they took like the best guys out of four different groups and shoved them all in in one group and you watch them and they're supposed they're called super m i think and they're supposed to be this super group of uh, musicians but you listen to the music you go eh, they're okay 
but BTS's music is just really catchy. Plus, the fact that they write their own stuff is kind of cool. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's important, right, that they write their own music. Because in their music uh, is a lot of uh, stories, or not stories, but it's a lot of, you know, uh, trying to help the fans feel better about themselves. Because that's, that's important, too. You know, but also, but also being real about the struggles that they face and the things that they're going through and all that kind of stuff. And I because what I know about BTS to me, and I correct me if I'm wrong. Back in the '80s, my sister was a full-on Minuto fan. Yeah, like came down to the, they came to Hawaii. She was at the airport. She jumped on the limousine window and was like, "Roy!" You're the nature kind with with Minuto, you know? Yeah. And, um, is this equivalent or does this go beyond Minuto? Like, oh, it's way beyond. It's way beyond that. Because Minuto was interchangeable. You, there were, there were kids. I mean, Minuto was, was something that went on forever. And it was just, they, they'd interchange kids, right? As they got too old, they would switch them out. Yeah. Whereas with BTS, it's pretty much these seven guys. If one of them leaves, because that's, that's the other thing, right? With the Korea thing where they got to go, uh, they got to go to military service when they reached by the time they reach 28, right? Yeah. There's a, they actually have groups that have like 15 members because they know at some point in time, some of them are going to have to leave to go to do service, right? So they specifically keep it sort of homogeneous so that, you know, you may like this guy, you may like that guy, but at some point in time, they're going to switch out some guy or some guy has to leave because of this or they'll kick some guy out because of that and it'll, it'll just moves on. Whereas oh, with BTS, oh. whereas with BTS, if any one of those seven dudes leave, it's not the same group. It's just not. Uh, I, a, I can't explain why. But I have a really serious question to ask you, Devin. Oh, I, want, I need you to answer it. Truthfully. Which is not actually going to be a serious question, but okay, go ahead. Honestly. Mm-hmm. When in the 80s, um, were you a Menudo fan too? I did like Menudo. Okay. Makes sense then. Only when they did the English, only when they did the English language stuff. The other stuff I didn't understand. I didn't understand a single thing they did. And it was English, but it was very, uh, it was very bubblegum and poppy. And like I like a couple songs like that, but it's uh, no. Whereas you like Hanson too. Hanson's pretty good. Well, Hanson I like because they wrote their own music, they played their own instruments. They and, they, and they still do to this day, and they can sing. So they, you know, that there was that. But yeah, you know, I, your 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 like of music is so vast and mine is so tunnel, you know. Yeah. Like, I try to expand your horizons, but you won't go for it. So. What? No, not yeah. Well, I mean, I listen to hip hop, rock, and 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 mellow stuff, but not boy bands. I never could get into the boy. Oh, bands. but that's the thing. If you if you listen to BTS, BTS to me was a, is a lot like when I started. It became kind of like Star Trek. That's a bad. It, it may be a bad example, but mm-hmm. Star Trek is one of those things where you can't really get into it until you watch one episode. And there's one episode that'll grab you because you go, oh, I kind of like that. And once you like that, then it sort of opens up the whole thing and you go, oh. And BTS was like that too. Like I didn't quite get it. No, okay. But then I I liked one song. I liked one dance thing that they did and I went, huh. And then it just sort of made everything make sense. What was the Star Trek thing that made you... Um... Uh, this what huh well you know what we have our guests in so yeah i know that's why we'll get that to that later yeah 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 yeah. okay okay sorry hey how's How's it going guys Uh, yeah sorry about the name uh i I use (laughs) ryan's account for because we do private lessons on ukulele underground 
Uh-huh. And uh, I was just doing the private lesson, so I'm still signed on to this account. And Ryan set up the room. So, ah, I see. <laughs> we can call you Ryan. That's fine. The, the, <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Okay, I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Algin Guerrero, who is one of the founders of Ukulele Underground, uh, which is, I think, one of the first of its kind, which is a totally online ukulele instruction website. Uh, it was started in 2010 and has taught over 25,000 students with Aldrin being their head instructor. So, Aldrin, you know a lot of people who like to play the ukulele, I'm assuming. I've, I've at least met a bunch. <laughs> you know, like, well, um, yeah, we've been doing it for a while. It's, I remember uh, starting about 2007, and we, you know, oh, we, we've been okay. doing it for, for that long. But prior to that, we were part of a website called I Am Hawaii, and uh, through I Am Hawaii, we were doing ukulele lessons there. And, um, and that, that site kind of, you know, uh, started going in a different direction. And they let us go. We're like, well, what do we do? There's like, like 15 people waiting for the next lesson. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we're like, we should, we should definitely cater to those people. So we created Ukulele Underground. And um, that's kind of how it started. So, with, you know, Ryan and, uh, Ryan and Aaron, the other two, you know, founders of the site, they're just like, well, we can't, you know, we can't let these people down. No matter how many people were there watching us, they still like took time out of the day to like watch a bunch of our videos. And back in 2006 or seven, like those videos were not that great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so props for them for sticking around. <laughs> oh, okay. So that was, that was going to be one of my first questions. By the way, sure. you, Ryan and Aaron are all from Kauai, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you oh. still all reside on Kauai? Yes, I mean we uh, we resided on Oahu when we first started Ukulele Underground. I was you know I was there okay. in college and to you know to make some connections because I was trying to you know be a, be a musician and stuff. And uh, Aaron was just coming back from college, and uh, and I believe Ryan was working for a tech company as well. So we were just kind of in the same place uh, at the same time. But we were from Kauai. That's how we all knew each other. Oh okay. Yeah, because, you know, that's one of the exciting things for me, or at least um, I think nowadays, especially with the coronavirus and the pandemic and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that you could start a business or do something in an area that is kind of away from, from town or, you know, the hub of, of everything is mm-hmm. pretty exciting. You know, that the yeah. world is coming to a place where you can be in Kauai, you know, out at doing most of your work from home, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. And still well, be able to to make a living. Um, luckily, like when we first started out, it was just like nothing, you know, nothing like it. When you know, like the, the ukulele instruction, there was ukulele instruction here and yeah, here and there, but as far as just like you know, a big community, a big forum, and like and, and lessons to go with it, we were kind of the first of our kind, and um, and I believe it was just right place, at the right time when when we did that, and luckily, you know, we um we decided to keep it going and now we can we can work away from home so with covid going you know going rampant all over the place we're still you know we're still okay as long as we kind of keep keep working hard but doesn't mean we can slack around but you know we're still working hard bringing videos out and stuff like that but you know we're, we're pretty lucky so for for Devin and kyle who are not familiar with the with the site can you explain how your lessons are different or how your your functionality is I guess for our audience as well, so they can kind of know the difference between just going on and, I mean, there's a ton of people who do online ukulele lessons and whatnot, mm-hmm. but your your approach is a little different. And I think the other thing is that uh, you guys are, are full-time teachers where I've seen um, artists try to do it, but it's hard to juggle being an artist and yeah, a teacher, yeah. you know? So 
sorry, go ahead. Well, uh, for, you know, for us and what, you know, like, like I said, nothing was, nothing was like it. Like when, when we first kind of started. So when we were doing these lessons, we're just like, let's teach people like how we were taught. Like when we were, you know, when we were growing up, like in Hawaii, it's just like asking a surfer or asking somebody like, how do you play these scores and whatever. But I did, you know, um, I, I came from an awesome, you know, a high school that, that was, uh, Highly, highly regarded for its music, and uh, that was Kauai High School. We had Mr. Um, Mr. McIntosh, who was like an amazing, amazing music teacher. So because of that, I kind of knew a little bit of music theory and kind of what made things work. So uh, I was going to um, KCC to kind of study how to teach. I wanted to become an elementary school teacher. So uh, then Ryan kind of pulled me aside. We're like, why don't we just do the? Why don't we just teach ukulele in, like instead? So our what makes us different is that same kind of approach. Where like I knew how to kind of learn from you know like from the the, the past generation and like the the uncles and the, and the grandpas kind of jamming music and stuff. So that same kind of like okay, well here's you know here's how to play the chord or here's how to do that technique and um, and I think you know that kind of um, personality and kind of like a Hawaii vibe like it was what kind of made it work for some people but some like kind of technical things like we were um we were one of if not the first one to do like the ukulele play-alongs so that was mm. uh Aaron Nakamura's thing where like instead of uh, of us just kind of teaching the song and then it's we're just leaving it up to them to figure it out you know like how the song goes why don't we kind of create a play-along where they can establish not just you know um, not just the knowledge of the chords and stuff, but the groove of the uh, you know of the song. Because if you you know if you practice with um you know with with the play along and the chords are right there and you know and the groove is going um, as a beginner, you want to be able to learn how to follow a groove as opposed right. to just kind of like oh I have these chords I guess I'll just play them like however I see fit. And that's how we get you know we get people that that kind of just like play which is fine as well you know but we wanted to create kind of jammers and and uh, the best way to learn is you know uh, for her us when we were growing up is going to school bringing your ukulele every day and jamming with your friends so that that was not possible like where people say in the mainland where they didn't have like-minded people that play ukulele so the play-alongs were something that we did that uh that kind of gave that same feel or that same vibe of learning the ukulele and jamming with your friends so when when there's a play along with your ukulele um thing online is it mm. is it like a play along with other instruments like percussion and bass and guitar like yeah, actually to. You know, like, as a ukulele player with a band or is it with other ukulele players um well we try to so it it depends um so we've been collaborating with a lot of you know with a lot of people and they you know sometimes it's just me on ukulele and maybe a guitar player if uh, we want to feature somebody and stuff but if it's just me doing the lessons by myself i'll add in the guitars and it's like a track you know it's just kind of like a play along track and then uh, aaron will film me kind of playing the song so they can kind of see my hands and so that they can mirror you know what i'm doing but really what we're focusing on is kind of them finding the right groove and finding the right, you know, like just kind of feel for uh, for for playing the song. Cool, man. Yeah. What was the what was the aha moment where you said, okay, this is how we're gonna do this? Well, um, the the <laughs> so it goes back to that like that fifteen people that that wanted to see the next video. When we uh, when we put up Ukulele Underground, we was just you know it was just a forum at first, and we're like, okay, we're gonna launch. Now we launched the forum in November of I believe two thousand. 7 2006 it's it's blurry now but um our first lesson was in january so november was just the forum and we're like okay well 
we'd be pretty happy if we get like a hundred people signed up for the forum, like by, by March or by April or whatever. And uh, we reached like a thousand people by like December or, or whatever it was. <laughs> wow. And we're like, this is, this is kind of, kind of crazy because it's now we subscribe to that, you know, that mentality of if you build it, they will come, you know, like <laughs> just kind of that Blaine's world thing. And um, there wasn't anything like it. It's kind of like a, like a, hive of, uh, of ukulele interests and uh, and people wanted to talk about it and show off the ukulele show off their ukulele skills or just kind of talk about it because you know we knew that some you know somewhere in the mainland there's like an ukulele in a closet just collecting dust somewhere so you know and people don't want to bring it out and, and you know being scared of like oh people are going to think that it's a toy or whatever so if you create a community where people can kind of talk together and uh, and share the same ideas and the same love for the instruments then you know i i guess i couldn't see why it wouldn't work yeah now um let me ask you this what what is your most popular i'm sure you track these your most popular <laughs> lesson Ooh, I, I, um, I'm, I'm i'm wondering if we're going to be surprised you can be like oh it's a uh, Salsalito. <laughs> For some reason, people love that song or something. They're like, oh, wow, I thought it'd be somewhere over the rainbow or something like that. You well, know? There's, um, there's a couple. I don't know which one is in the lead right now. There's a couple of the highest um, viewed like, YouTube play-alongs that, that we do. I don't know about like, the lessons and stuff because the play-alongs okay. are different from the lesson. Oh, okay. But um, the play-along-wise, I believe Let It Be by the Beatles. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Is like our top two kind of, you know, the they're in like eight million nine like however it's it's pretty high maybe not eight million I mean, it's like over <laughs> it's, it's in the millions <laughs> i don't know like what the what the view count is but it's it's pretty high so we're uh, we're pretty stoked for for those two especially the aloha oi one this is kind of like really trying to bring like you know uh, our our love for the instrument and hawaii in general to you know to the to the public yeah. i just watched a video recently um on youtube of you guys and you did a lesson with well, I don't know if it's a lesson or a play along, the Europa one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that yeah, a play along so, or, or a lesson? Um, it's both. So, like, uh, the play along are on YouTube, and then they can watch the full lesson over on our website. So, you okay. know, people who just kind of want to, like, hear the song, or if they already know how to play, they can just kind of use the play along to play along. And they don't, you know, because some people don't need the lesson, right? But, yeah. um, you know, so we, we have the lesson on our, uh, you know, on, on our main website as well they can learn it there and then um play along with the with the play along or you can just use that and just kind of jam or however and europa i'm a huge pure heart fan so like that's <laughs> you know what i mean like, how's it, it do it so huh? is it in is it in d minor d minor d minor okay because yeah. i know uh like herb does it well like an a minor herb or, no. so so jake plays it in d minor herb plays yeah. it in a minor and then d i have minor. a friend darren that plays it in b minor Hmm. So if you can imagine how confused I get when it, I'm, whenever that song comes, <laughs> that's what up, makes it so like, good, man. <laughs> it's like, oh wait, which one are we, which one is this one? Yeah. But it's Santana yeah. playing. I have no idea. I, do, I have I no do idea. <laughs> good question. No idea. None of us has yeah. any idea. So how? Okay, you've been doing thirteen years of this, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm just I'm I'm flabbergasted. He's, a, he's an online voice of Kuba. <laughs> yeah, like how you come up with 13 years. I mean, granted, there's songs everywhere. But, you know, mm. I mean, everybody's sort of got their music that they love or music mm. that they want to play ukulele to. I mean, are there things where you go, okay, we have to do this song because, you know, this Bruno Mars song is going to be the next thing that we're going to have right. to do. I mean, do you guys right. plan it out that way? 
we do, but we always kind of stick to our guns and stick to what we like, you know, just because it's popular or just because we know it's going to get, you know, like lots mm. of views or whatever. doesn't mean we, sh- we should do it because like mm. if um, like, for example, we did um, like somewhere with the rainbow on I am Hawaii. And like we, we knew that that got the hits and stuff and the views and whatnot. But like doing it for Ukulele Underground just seemed kind of redundant because by the time we did Ukulele Underground, there's like 10, 20, 100 other like tutorials for mm. us. We're like, okay, well, we don't need to do this, even though this would get good views. But the redundancy mm. is just like, well, we, we don't need to do that because they can, they can watch other people. And same thing, we want people to learn um any way that they can so if there's already a tutorial for that they should go watch that we're not against people watching other people like i'm great friends with like uh with other ukulele teachers as well and we kind of you know it's a solidarity thing but um as far as teaching what we like we kind of stick to our guns that's why we have a lot of you know um songs from Hawaii. We have a lot of Kyle creative voice songs we have a lot of pure heart songs it's stuff that we grew up with and we feel that like if we can uh, portray that that kind of joy that we feel for these songs to to other people, and that's what, what will you know uh, will will get people to have that same feeling for the ukulele. And some people might miss out on it, you know, like a great song like you don't write if you live in the mainland. Like it's not something yeah. that you you know that you to hear, and but you might miss out on it. And it's a great like ukulele staple, you know, for of a song. So I feel yeah. like it should be shared. You probably indirectly turned on a lot of mainland and. Um international people to Hawaiian music indirectly from teaching this kind of ukulele playing then, right? Yeah, we like, hope oh, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, somebody in, somebody in the mainland is like, call creative boys are cool, man. <laughs> because they learned the ukulele from you know? Yeah. And, I mean, and they're like, oh, and Pure Heart is a classic. <laughs> yeah. Pure Heart yeah, exactly. yeah. Josh was yeah. super old. He's like, oh my God. We're no, it was funny. <laughs> One of the saddest conversation I ever had, I was talking to a promoter that does uh, like West Coast tours and stuff like that. And um, I said something about like, oh, I don't want to sound too much like Kyle Creative Boys or you know, I, I forgot what we were talking about. And he goes, uh, right, you can sound as much as you want like Kyle Creative Boys. No one knows who Kyle Creative Boys already. That's tw- 20 something years ago. I'm like, oh, that's sad that nobody knows who they are. You know, that's like yeah. the heroes. Yeah, that, they gotta, you got to change that. That's, that's bad. Yeah, but, but realistically, yeah, we're almost on 30 years from, for some of those releases that they did. So, mm-hmm. uh, so what, were those, what were those lessons like early on? Because these, I'm assuming that the lessons you're giving are one-to-one. Is that correct? Um, so somebody no, well, like jumps in on with you and well it's just like lesson videos so we just you know create a video that explains the mm. chords explains you know well back then we used to do strumming patterns you know like mm-hmm. i believe we were you know one of the first people to do that too but we stopped doing that because that's become kind of the, the thorn in my side after all these years of the strumming pattern and um and a, a picking pattern so those were our three kind of you know criteria for the lesson it has to have like you know a chord progression or some kind of chord thing so that people can learn different chords in the uke, a strumming pattern so that they know the rhythm and they can test it with a play along and a picking pattern. So if you're just a beginner, you can learn just the chords, just do down strums and follow the play along and it's all good. If you're an intermediate player, you can learn kind of, you know, the, the rhythm part, like the strumming and stuff and, uh, and you're all good too. If you're an advanced player, you can learn the picking and you're all good. So there's kind of something for everyone um, in, in each lesson. It doesn't have to be just like a beginner lesson or this is an intermediate lesson. But of course, some, you know, some songs have harder chords that are more designated for, uh, for an intermediate player than it is like a beginner player, but that's how it's structured. We kind of have those uh, criterias uh, for, for that lesson. Is there wow. um, anything similar learning an instrument like what you guys are doing, like for instance, like a guitar website that does what you guys do similarly? 
I I believe so. You know, it's been it's been how many years now? I know like um my my friend is uh, subscribed to to a site called Scott's Bass Lessons, and that's like a really great you know place to kind of oh, learn cool. how to play bass and stuff. So, but you know, um, with with anything like you can always just check out YouTube first, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and see what you can learn from there. And then uh, and then when you're ready for you know kind of some serious instruction or for somebody. Who, who you know uh for, for someone like us who kind of take the instrument and want you to become a musician through the instrument then you sign up for something like ukulele on the ground but if you just want to play a few chords and learn a song like youtube's the way to go mm, okay. wow he's he's making it so you don't have to pay him that's well, that's unique as, i'm an educator first you know what i mean like, and the thing is if you want to get serious then go you know and our lessons are free and that's, that's like another thing too. Our, uh, we have something called Do You Plus, where it's, you know, like it, it's, that's the place where you, you can pay for. We have premium, you know, content over there. But for the most part, ever since day one, every single lesson that we put out, because um, we, we have a new lesson every single month, ever since 2007. We have one every single month that comes out. We're very wow. consistent. And all those lessons are absolutely free. You don't got to pay for anything to just learn all those things and to watch those play alongs. But if you want extra instruction, I've done like uh, courses like Ukulele 101, 102, music theory and things like that. You can pay for the services to, you know, to kind of become a musician through the ukulele. And that's, that's mm. what you pay for. But we believe that the ukulele should be enjoyed and shared by everybody. So when did you first pick up the ukulele and what was your first ukulele? And what was uh, the first song you heard? <laughs> Uh, oh I, boy i was uh i believe i was third or fourth grade it was a prelude ukulele and oh, it was surf and i was taught by like uh, i i was when my, my uncles used to play for like the the church like um uh you know the, the the singing group and stuff you know the worship team and um there was a lady who had an ukulele and yeah i just came from the philippines back in 92 and I'm like, what? I've never seen anything like that in my life. And so I asked her if I could try it out. And she was nice enough to kind of teach me how to play surf. And ever since then, I just, I, I couldn't put it down. So my, uh, my school, which is closed school down, you know, down the road from us, uh, they allowed students to kind of like rent out, not rent out, but like let you borrow an ukulele and mm -hmm. take it home if you're, if you really want to learn. And, you know, took one of the, took one of Prudence home with me. And I'm like, mom, dad, I want one of these. Like, this is the best thing ever. And then, my classmates come with their kamakas and stuff. I'm like, no, really, oh, for life. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you play now? As far um, as I, I play kanilea now. So this is uh, this is my ukulele here on this side. So this is a custom kanilea, and um, oh, nice. they, they make this uh, this model for me. So oh, it's got the hat. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So this is me with uh, with with my hat because I'm a I'm a huge video game nerd. So it looks like I'm like a little mushroom, like a, a Mario mushroom with an ukulele yeah. in the hat. <laughs> Actually, Ooh, we have, so, um, you know, we're going to have some uh, listener questions, Aldrin, and sure. um, it has to do with the ukulele. Some of these are kind of technical. I'm, oh, yeah. We had a lot of questions. I kind of tried to narrow it down to just a few, but. Um, okay. So this first one, it, since you brought that ukulele up, it said, uh, Jordan asks, uh, what was your process in developing the custom Kanila uh, and, and his AQ and AG strings, mm. which I don't know what that is. Uh, so I don't know what AQ and AG strings. Uh, these I, I made these strings in Aquila. So um, this, oh, those uh, those are your branded strings. Yeah, these are these are oh, my I strings. Yeah, oh, so, oh wow. Aquila brand. But me and Aquila um, did a collaboration together. So Aquila is a string maker from Italy, okay. and they've been stringing up a lot of like the instruments today. I think like all Kanilea ukuleles are strung up with Aquila strings, 
and they're oh, great wow. for beginners because they're super bright and stuff and it just makes your any ukulele no matter how cheap uh it sound bright and loud so like people think like oh it sounds bright and loud must be good so people gravitated towards it <laughs> <laughs> but let's um since i have the strings let's talk about the strings uh the strings basically Ocula doesn't make um, nylon strings. They, they make it from a bunch of other materials. Uh, I think they've made a kind of a bio nylon or a Niltec where um, it, it's, it's synthetic gut, you know? Okay. Like they kind uh -huh. of wanted that, yeah. same, that same kind of feel, same kind of sound. Um, and he makes it out of like sugar cane or something. He's, he's like a crazy mad scientist. His name is Mimo from, uh, from Italy, from Ocula. So we kind of came together and I told him that I didn't like any of the strings at all. <laughs> I told them like, well, I'm not a big fan of Ocula because they, they're too bright. The sustain is not, you know, not that great or whatever. It's just, it's too much for me. You know, like a new uh -huh. is already naturally bright. If you're going to put bright strings on it, it's just going to, you know, it, it's, it's too much. So he then said like, why, you know, why don't you create something that you do like so that I can make something that you do like? I'm like, okay, well, you're the only guy that's willing to give me a shot at making something. So we, we created these, which are like nylon strings. And I like uh, a little bit of a higher tension for, um, for attack and the clarity of, uh, of, of each note. So these are high tension nylon strings that they were missing from, uh, from their lineup. So I, I created these and these have kind of a, um, a mint green hue too. I don't know if you guys oh. can see that. Mm. They're kind of mint green. Maybe. And it's kind of like, I love mints as one of my favorite colors, but it's also a throwback to like old school prelude strings, which used to kind of oh. have like that <laughs> green hue. So it's, it's always like a, a, a callback. And um, I, it, this took like a couple of years, like back and forth between Nemo and I, like just getting the, um, you know, getting the, uh, the tension down. So now, uh, the, the tension is good, the sustain is great, and I, I, I dig the, the tone. The tone doesn't have to be super bright. It, it lasts, you know, the, the sustain lasts super long, but it's got this, this nice mid-range that, uh, that really makes the ukulele, you know, a, a little bit darker than it, than, than it naturally sounds. And I like that because I'm an aggressive when, player. <laughs> when, you say, when you say tension, you mean like it takes more turns to get it to be taught or I, yeah, I it's just sorry, like how I'm, you know the, the, the tension on the strings because that's like kind of how you know how the ukulele makes this noise right yeah, so yeah. you you know you, you um just like, like fishing you know like each, each yeah, string yeah. can hold a certain amount of tension yeah right so right, right, a high right, tension right. string meaning like it can it can handle a lot of pull so because it's a high mm. tension string it can handle a lot of pull um it's it's really tight and some beginners don't like don't like them because it's it's not you know it's not soft on their fingers but for myself just even a little bit of hit or a little bit of strike on that string it's gonna um it's it, you know it's gonna vibrate it's gonna really attack well you know because mm. the simplest like attack on the nail or, or, or the um you know on, on the flesh it's gonna ring out you know the it, response that's what it, that's the word i was looking for it's going to respond really well to like the tiniest you know um mm. tiniest hits yeah okay I have, cool. I have a stupid question but um <laughs> obviously you know strings on the ukulele instrument has progressed over the years like guitar and everything is right. more refined and and the tension and the sound and the tone is such a big difference nowadays with the with the advanced strings mm. did it start off back in the day with the ukulele being just monofilament suji from from fishing wire to make those sounds or was there always a difference between monofilament line like fishing line and 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 ukulele strings because back in the day they looked full on similar to a point where when i was a kid looking at it, like 
I look like Andy, 50 pound test, line, um, you know, six pound test or whatever, you know. I mean, is what's what's the difference between you know monofilament line and and, and actual ukulele string? That's a stupid question, but I, yeah, I don't want to know. No, no, no. I mean, you know, it's 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 not at all because uh, it, there is a huge similarity. There are you know some fluorocarbon strings that people. Yeah. Uh, kind of put out there they're like oh these are you know like um so fluorocarbon strings and and they're this or whatever but really that all that translates to it's it's suji you know like a but really refined so that it takes on the um the right amount of tension um needed for each you know each note of the ukulele you know for for that particular instrument because you get guitar with the scale being bigger and the ukulele being the scale being so small all those are going to be uh different as far as the tension goes yeah so you can use suji and sometimes you know in some ukuleles because they're all different suji sometimes sounds better than you know than the fanciest <laughs> uh, strings out there but really it you know it just depends there there are some you know some of my friends or professionals who uh, you know who just keep like just spools of like suji and they use that as strings instead because it's really? much cheaper than buying it as, wow. a, you know, as, as a packet yeah I learned something so it's not a stupid question at all <laughs> there you go, Kyle. if you have the right tension for the right string it's all good. That's oh. the, the lesson there is you should always ask, even if you think the question is stupid. Yeah. Because mm. <laughs> you don't know. Okay. So Pete asks, um, how did you start your relationship with Joe at Kanilea? Um, you know, we just, as, as far as Ukulele on the Ground goes, we want to interview a lot of, you know, a lot of people at the Ukulele Festival. We're at Royce Takuma's Ukulele Festival, and we're like, you know, let's just go up and interview people, because like people are not gonna know who we are or whatever. Like, well, we'll just say that we're from this website or whatever, you know? Maybe we'll get an interview or two. And um, a lot of, you know, a lot of the people were just kind of like, oh yeah, whatever, you know, like give this guy an interview and whatnot. And uh, and some were like super nice, like how Joe Souza was. So Joe Souza, he's like, oh, you know, like I'd love to talk to you, but let's let's go in the back of this, you know, of the tent because it's less uh, it's less wind there, and I can talk to you, give you my full attention, so it's not like people bothering me. And that right off the bat, I'm like, this guy, you know, like is I'm like some nobody like and I come up to you know to Joe Souza and he gives me the time of day you know and he's super busy right now but he's willing to just make time for this one person or two people you know with, with, with Aaron and um the more I talked I, I heard him talk about his uh his ukuleles uh, and back then he was like trying to promote this thing called the sound monster he got like this you know uh he he's changing up like the uh the bracing on the ukulele and he's using all these different you know new and creative techniques and i'm like man this this dude is going forward with the uke and and i you know i respect and appreciate the uke makers who've been doing it the same way for like a hundred years but there's also something about you know pushing the envelope forward so uh, fast forward to you know a, a couple of years after that when um you know i started kind of playing uh, a lot more often and I'm like okay I need I need an ukulele that's going to handle the abuse that, that I that I give it and um and one of the people that you know that uh, that were on our list was you know was was Kanilea but we you know we I talked to a bunch of uh, a bunch of people first like you know like Kamaka and Koloha and all those guys and stuff and you know I'm all friends with all those guys but uh, Joe was the one who like just almost uh, in in a matter of sense like hired me on the spot like mm. it's just uh I, I i asked and some people were just like oh well you know we'll, we'll see or whatever you know we'll... but joe not even you know he's heard me play for the first time that day and he's like okay well you know like let's talk about what kind of instrument you want us to build you i'm like are you serious you know there was no contract <laughs> sign no nothing it's just like i you know i 
I like your, you know, like your moxie or whatever, you know, like I, I like how you just, you just kind of go up to people and whatever. And I'm like, I like how you think and I like your approach and I like your kind of big, you know, and beautiful personality that, that Joe has. So it, it was, it was a great relationship from the start and that's how it started. Now your ukulele, the kanilea that you have, what, what is the wood on that? Um, this one right here, I believe, is uh, is redwood. But I usually use a um, uh, a koa. So this is my normal, like you know, uke that I use for okay. um, wow. for 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 the stage. But this, I'm, I'm kind of recording a small EP right now. So this is my best sounding uke because um, check out the grain on that um, you know on that ukulele. It's yeah. really really tight grain. And, you said that's um, redwood on the top. Yeah, it's a redwood top with a um, with oh, four back insides. Yeah, so it's really nice. it's it's just it's not tuned right now. Yeah, I like you know um, a lot of people like spruce, but I find mm. spruce to be a little bit bright, and so right, like the redwood yeah. or a cedar and all that stuff is uh, I kind of mm. I kind of like those those woods uh, on the top. There. Yeah. I, I actually he did, tuned that up uh, so quickly. That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> still had a lot of tune. Okay, good. I was like, holy crap. Well, it might, it's probably not perfect, but it'll it'll do. You know, like you just fake it till you make it, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. But um, yeah. So I I dig like those kinds of uh, those kinds of woods and different kinds of sounds. But since I'm recording with you know with, with that one, I wanted it to be a little bit brighter. So that's kind of a brighter you know instruments. Um, uh -huh. But this, you know, is what I use on the road and pretty much everything else and some of the lessons that we do. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely wait, wait, need wait, what, is it, what does that one sound like? Hold on. What does that one oh. sound like? It's two because I was just using this one. <laughs> so this, you know, this has got oh, yeah. the, the classic uke sound and whatever, uh -huh. whereas this is a little bit more on the deeper side. Uh, it's still bright. That kind of body to it. Um, that, you can hear it. You can hear the it. difference even on. Like, yeah. Even even through Zoom, you can hear the difference. Yeah. 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 Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, recording wise, it's I'm I don't know. Like since I have them, I, I guess I get like I'm lucky enough to be picky with the kind of sound that I get to put on the uh, the, the track. So that tone carries through when it's picked up and through an amplifier too, depending on whatever uh, whatever. Yeah, if you have uh, your settings so you, right. Yeah, if you have your settings right, then it should it should be all good. But um, recording wise, I was, you know, um, it was Tracy Torado who actually taught me to never like plug in the instrument and always get, always mic it up and get the natural sound of, you know, oh. the, the instrument for the recording. So I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. So ever since then, I'm like, I, I only use like mics only recording wise. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. We usually do a combo of mic and plug, mm, but yeah. just to give you more options of how you want to mix things down, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, but nowadays you can do everything. You can do anything. Yeah. You just, I, I can do stuff at, at my house with this mic that I'm using for this podcast. The, the technology is so good, you know, with the sound system. Yeah, stuff. man. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, Renesis808 asks, uh, where do you get your fancy hats? <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to wear those hats like kind of a bit. And um, I stopped wearing them after a while. And uh, I, there were Brixton hats, so I just got okay. them wherever they sell Brixton. You know, like I, I dig it, but they kind of stopped making the hat that I really liked, so I stopped wearing. Oh, them really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was it's actually a trilby. So some people are like, oh, it's the um, whatever that that uh, other hat is, but it's a trilby because the uh, the the brim is not like as long. It's like a really short brim, but it's kind of 
that hat. I can't. That I fedora. Can't. Yeah, it's not a fedora. It's a chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, you guys, uh, hats don't work on me because I have a super long neck. And I remember <laughs> um, I went to Iolani Sportswear, you know, the Kawakamis. And uh, I was getting, I had some concert coming up. I'm like, hey, I, and they, uh, I got a shirt from there. So I was like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, come up with a style or something like that. And uh, Mrs. Kawakami said, oh, why don't you try a fedora? I put it on. She's like, yeah, no, that ain't going to work. <laughs> She's like, that's not going to work on you. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. hats, man. I got this like, chicken neck. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. But yeah, on you, you, on you the hats. Pretty are big head, too, John. No, I don't have a pretty big head, head too. A, no, yeah. I just have a tiny, tiny little body. <laughs> okay well the, the only other question we had which is from jordan again but i i don't i don't want to spend too much time on it but i just want to touch it because because yes if you wanted to compare the production of uh, ukula the underground to our high sessions production i think very different Oof, i mean yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. you know you're doing uh video teaching probably one camera or two cameras to get the tights and the, the wide and you have a lot of graphic overlays because you're showing the chords and the play along and all that stuff. So that's a much yeah. different production than us. I mean, people just come in, we have, we have a bunch of cameras, but we just shoot one time and then just edit it up and it's on the, it's on the web, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but you I was going to say- fancy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do, yeah, we do a little bit of a touching, touching up here and there and stuff like that. But I was going to say, you know, these kind of things, like when you think about high sessions or, or ukulele underground or, or these type of um, projects, you know, it's, it's kind of a right place, right time meets um, because you have you who's, who is a great teacher and not everybody is a great teacher. I, I'm t- a terrible teacher. I would never be able to uh, excel at what you do, but there's you teaching and then there's Ryan who has all the technical knowledge about the internet and the websites and the, all that kind of stuff. And so... He was able to do that. I don't know exactly Aaron's role, but I'm sure he he was your third peg in your triangle. You know, yeah. that made this very important because uh, Aaron's the guy who makes all the videos. You know, like a lo- there's a lot of like um, videos out there on, uh, on on YouTube that are like teaching and then the playalongs and stuff. Like that's all out of Aaron's mind. So er- every single ah. little play along out there with like that that kind of uh, the the fretboard on the side or the, with the dots yeah. and the lineups and stuff. That's Aaron. Like Aaron I, created those all the way back in like mm, 2010, like 2009 a, or whatever. It looks like a very time consuming editing process. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm just wondering, no like, you know, like for a five minute ukulele lesson for a song on YouTube, what is the hours put into that to finally make it to produce to show, you know? Yeah, for me, like one hour shooting it. For Aaron, like maybe a hundred hours of editing, editing. all oh, that, you wow. know, all that stuff. So I, I, all props to Aaron, and he's got the vision too. Because um, I just need to create content, you know, like I just put the content out there. But he's the guy who's responsible for how to make it look on video and um, how to shoot it. And he has all these like, uh, like philosophies on on like on the you know on the angles and and how you, you know how you do it so we purposely kind of shoot it at this like this angle where you're you know you're looking up at us because that's like how uh you know somebody sitting down in a classroom is looking up at their teacher or whatever you know we're not doing myspace angles which is up here just to make myself look a lot skinnier so you know it, even <laughs> though it's unflattering it's like it's the way that you're supposed to shoot it or whatever but you know for so 
Aaron is uh, is one of, if not the most important member of Ukulele on the Ground because he's actually the guy who started it, Ukulele on the Ground, you know? And um, when I Am Hawaii went down, I'm like, well, okay, that was a cool job. I guess I'll go like, do the teaching thing again. But Aaron's like, well, you know, let's, how about we just do a website ourselves? So he's that guy. He's the guy responsible for... Um, the brains. He's the for, brains. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he, is, he is. He's the unsung hero of Ukulele on the Ground. So wait, going back to camera angle, you're saying yeah. if it's up high, you, you look skinnier on camera. Is that oh, true? If MySpace has taught me anything, is that the higher the camera, the less well, black. Yeah, I, I don't know if my camera like super like yeah, this. That, that, that's how you. Yeah, but let me to see do. the top of your head, dude. Let me see the bald. I don't know if you want to go there. Been doing it wrong all this time. <laughs> my chin go from three to screen, just man. one when we when exactly. We yeah, you're supposed to when you do your selfies. You're supposed to hold the camera above your yeah, eye, eye line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right, you should know that from my friend Stephanie. She always takes pictures like this. I know, but <laughs> man, you gotta raise our camera. Oh, but you should see mine. I'm mine is way above my head right now. How come all you guys knew this and you never told me? We do <laughs> tell you. You, you don't listen to us because you're too lazy. Right, if Brad, you told me I would look skinnier if I raised my camera higher, I would have done it from the start. Instead of being oh, this is a for, for all these episodes. It's a podcast, not a beauty contest. <laughs> None of us are gonna get any bonus points for our looks on this thing. Oh, I know, but if he, but if his, if his turkey neck no show, then better, right? Exactly. No, 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 it makes him relatable. He's a real human being, like everybody else. <laughs> okay. That's it, man. I'm raising my camera angle from now on. All right, Devin, go, Devin. Why don't we do our, our desert island disc question for Aldrin? Okay, cool. Um, so uh, we like to ask our guests. Uh, if you were going to be stranded on a desert island and you could only take three albums with you or Ooh. yeah, I uh, know. Sorry. You, you still know albums, right? Or CDs. Yeah. yeah if yeah. you could only take three of those with you, if you can only take three of those with you, Ooh. what three would they be? And they cannot be greatest hits albums because that's cheating. That is because uh, I, I had it immediately, <laughs> but I know, I know. Uh, that's, that's a curveball. Okay. That's um, always a curveball that makes people go, Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'll create a boy's valley style, which is the greatest album, mm-hmm. you know, ukulele album of all, of all time. That's one of mine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's also on my list. <laughs> Pure Heart 2, which is the second best ukulele album of all time. Oh, <laughs> that is not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the third one is, um, you know, because I don't want to be listening to ukulele all the time, is uh, Panic at the Disco is a fever you can't sweat out. Which is uh, wow. well, it's got everything, yeah. It's got everything. Okay. It, the, the it's really cool that album. The the beginning part, the first you know, um, the first half of the album, is like uh, is is them using a lot of um, a lot of kind of like, instruments that 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 are kind of manual instruments, other than like electric instruments. And as the album kind of goes on, it turns a little bit more electronica or, or the opposite. I don't know. I haven't listened to the uh, the track listing in a while, but it's it's great. The lyrics are you know the lyrics are awesome. It's danceable music. So it keep, if I was stranded on a desert island, I would want to be you know want to be cheered up every now and then and yeah. want to sing <laughs> at the top of my lungs. You know, through a through a loud blaring music. But you know, uh, not that I can't do that with Valley Style or Pure Heart too. But it, I, yeah. The when there's an electric guitar, <laughs> that helps a little bit. Let's yeah, fine-tune this thing a little bit more now. If it's Valley Style and you would pick one song from Valley Style, what would it be? Ooh. Wow. Um, I'll man. answer this one too. Uh, I don't know. Um, sorry, this is dead air. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that's fine. I would, I would say No Pie Pie. 
I was just gonna wow. see that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so my favorite song on that. Yeah. My favorite song on that album is "Friend of the Devil," which That's is a great one. Not, That's a good not, one. <laughs> yeah, not one of the most popular songs from that album, yeah. but uh, I just love that song. I, I was oh, torn between "Hope Pie Pie" and "Lay Down Sally." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, "Lay Down Sally" is great. Yeah, that's like uh, we we play that in our shows, and it's it's a fun song. That whole album is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's one of those beginning that, to end. That, yeah, yeah, you can just put it on and just not think about it and listen to the whole yeah. thing. So, what about Pure Heart Two? Pure Heart Two, one song. That's tough too, man. <laughs> this is the same album with Body Surfing and Let's Get It On. You know, like. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a youth player, I have to say Body Surfing, man. Body <laughs> Surf, yeah, that that. Although, you know, it's funny is now that I listen back to it every once mm. in a while, we played it really slow compared to how we, we play it when we do it live. And, and I'm thankful because if you, if you played it fast, <laughs> I don't think my, my ears could figure it out, you know? So I'm glad <laughs> you took it at a, at a tempo that us mere mortals can, uh, can understand. <laughs> you, you, know what, you know what's crazy is you, you, when you're, you know, I, I mean, Aldrin's uh, recorded a bunch of music and stuff. And, and I used to think, about my, the first album, we'd had zero thoughts about anything, right? Just going in there recording. We did it live, plugged in, no mics, just whatever. And the second album, I started thinking, okay, well, if we're going to have radio play, the songs have to be X amount of minutes long because you don't want them to go too long or too short. So then I used to like base the tempo on, of the song on the, the length of the track, you know, so that it would fall in that range. But then after you think about it, it's like, oh, you should play the song how the be- it feels the best right like yeah. you shouldn't be yeah. thinking about the but you know you saw this kind of live and learn kind of stuff and then yeah but how many what, vocals did you win for you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm, I, I don't know yeah I don't, I, don't, I don't remember already but yeah it was like there was body surfing john put on the album was oh that's just, jake's check that's, this out. that was yeah. jake's yeah all, all the instrumental stuff was jake Although, well, well, the first album like i had a couple of instrumentals that i that i wanted on there kai and yeah, but for the most part, it was all, all Jake's. All right. So, Aldrin, if you're, good, if you're okay, you can hang with us a little bit longer. Um, we're going to cut now and we'll go to our Patreon section. So, people who are listening and you want to hear more from Aldrin, you can uh, join us on Patreon. I know that, um, uh, what's, what call it? Devin and Kyle want to finish their spirited discussion on BTS. And so, we'll do that. And then we'll um, <laughs> talk about some, some other things ukulele related. But until then... We'll see our our, uh, our listeners, and uh, we'll talk, see you later next week. Have a good one. See you later. <laughs>